And this is episode number 45 with Sean Stevenson. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, everyone? Thanks so much for tuning in today. And I'm back in Ohio for a few days, hanging out with the family and catching up with all my little nephews and nieces. And I'm very excited about this episode to share with you because I got to sit down with my good friend, Sean Stevenson, a couple of weeks ago in the studio in LA and just had an amazing conversation about how to leave people breathless, uh, not only on a stage or during a presentation, but also just in life, in relationships, in business conversations, with your family, with your friends, how to leave people breathless. And it's different probably than what you think. It's not about some tactics or some strategies for hypnotizing people, you know, on stage or whatever like that, but really about dropping into vulnerability and courageous vulnerability. So we're going to be diving into that today. Very excited. We'll be talking about the value in facing and persevering through fear about your infinite being, the realities of unconditional love and what unconditional love really is, uh, how to leave anyone breathless, obviously, and secrets to the courageous vulnerability inside of you. And a whole lot more things. Sean taps into a lot of great things, some amazing stories. And for those that don't know who Sean Stevenson is, he is an amazing individual and was born with a disease called brittle bone disease. And he broke more than 200 bones in his lifetime. uh, I think by the age of like 18 or something crazy like that. And has gone through excruciating pain both physically and emotionally because of this. And it's amazing to see what he's created in his life based on this experience. So with that, guys, let's jump in and dive into today's episode with the one and only Sean Stevenson. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off, off your next 12 pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20 Pure Leaf. That's promo code 20 P U R E L E A F for 20% off. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, quick math. 
the less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. What is up, everyone? Thanks again for tuning back into the School of Greatness. Got my good friend, Sean Stevenson, in the house. What's up, brother, man? Good to see you, man. You're, ne- you're never in L.A., so it's perfect timing. We I got know. You. you called me up, and you're like, hey, you're going to ever be in L.A.? I'm like, how about tomorrow? <laughs> made, it, made you feel special, but it had nothing to do with you. I love it. I love it. And uh, now I've known Sean for a couple years now. I think we met at Summit at Sea. Yep. Which was 2010. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. So three years, yep. probably three and a half years. And uh, we just got reconnected a couple months ago at uh, in Utah on the mountain. Mm-hmm. The bromance is uh, grown. Grows. Yes. It continues to grow. And uh, for those that don't know Sean Stevenson, uh, really tune in to this and open up your hearts because this is uh, a man with a huge heart um, that has inspired the world with his story. And uh, do you want to tell a little bit about your story, your background, just sure. in a brief moment? Sure. So hopefully we'll get into much larger things than my story because... I'm just an example. Uh, I don't have it all together yet, by any means. Uh, But my story starts off very uh, modestly. I was born into a container uh, called osteogenesis imperfecta. It's a rare brittle bones disorder. And with this condition, my parents were told that I would be dead within the first 24 hours of my life. Mm. What's funny is 34 years later, all those doctors are dead, and I'm the only doctor remaining. (laughs) So you don't always want to believe the experts. They don't know everything. Um, but with this condition, my bones were extremely fragile as a child. And I, by the time I was 18, I'd fractured over 200 times. So something as simple as sneezing could break ribs. Um, coughing too hard could break a collarbone. Putting on pants too quickly, I could break a tibia, fibula, or femur, um, all the bones in, in the leg. And, you know, like I said, 18 years old, I'd already fractured 200 times. 200 bones. 200 times. 200 so we times. have about 215 bones, depending <clears throat> on who you ask. But about 215 bones in the body. And wow. uh, 200 times, mostly the, the, the long bones. So arms, legs, ribs. Um, not, so, not so much with, like, the shorter, uh, like, fingers I never broke, fortunately. Maybe once or twice. But... Uh, yeah, the long bones would just continue to break wow. um, as they were growing, as they were just going through the stresses of life. And so, you know, I'm about, uh, it also affects the uh, the growth of the bones. So I'm obviously, uh, for those that can't see me right now, I'm only about three feet tall. So it affects um, 
my height and it also affects my mobility. I use a wheelchair for physical mobility because my legs can't support the weight of my trunk, my mm-hmm. body. And so with this, you know, I've, I've dealt with more than just physical pain. I had many surgeries. I had um, just the discrimination of people really kind of lowering the bar for me, thinking that, you know, what what can he really offer us? Right. You know, and bringing out the attitude of, you know, well, what is Sean, what can Sean do for me? I mean, I think I can help Sean because he's disabled, but can Sean really help me? And so overcoming that and really getting to the point in this lifetime where I realized that this container, I feel like I chose it. Um, I don't think that this was... Uh, like scientists would say, like some genetic mutation as an accident, freak incident. It was something that I think was spiritually um, in alignment with to be able to do what I do and say what I say. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you take a guy like yourself, Lewis, and there's so many things that people make assumptions about you, right. you know, by by your size, by your, your physique and everything. And so that, in some ways, is a disadvantage to you. People don't know the, the depths of your soul and the depths <clears throat> of your mind and the depths of your capabilities because they just assume that you're a jock, you know? And so so you and I have probably a lot more in common than we would imagine. <laughs> That's true. I, I believe it. It's true. Um, amazing. 200 fractures. Which bone fractured the most? Uh, gosh, probably ribs because every time I would sneeze, I would fracture. Oh my gosh, um, that's the most painful thing. Yeah, because you're breathing. I mean, you've probably injured them before. I've broken six. Yeah, it's the worst pain ever. No, the worst pain ever is having a steel rod pulled from your bone mirror while you're away. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it feels like your legs being turned in, uh, inside out by a massive evil vacuum. That's oh the worst pain I've ever had. That or um, I had a I had a uh, uh, infection in my jaw this year that I had to have um, some of my molars removed and they couldn't get the Novocaine to the roots and so I was awake for that and that was I wouldn't wish that on like my worst enemies. Oh my gosh. Yeah that was just evil but you know what what's cool about pain and maybe this is like the the uh, athlete in me that I'm not even aware of. <laughs> but what's cool about pain is once you come out the other side of it, you feel more like a badass. Yeah, you do. Like when people like try to intimidate you or tell you that something's not possible, you're like, dude, I had a steel rod pulled in my legs. <laughs> I had teeth ripped out of my face. I've, I've had, you know, um, numerous ribs shattered. I've had, you know, my tailbone. I, I probably broke my tailbone five or six times in my life. And what sucks about a tailbone fracture is to heal properly. You have to lay on your stomach for about oh. six weeks. And oh. so it just really sucks because you live your life with your face about an inch off the ground. And, you know, you just, what's great about pain, Lewis, maybe, maybe you would agree or disagree. I don't know. <clears throat> is that if you survive it, it like, it really makes you strong. So much stronger. So much stronger. And it's not to say I try to invite it, you know, because it's not fun. But when it shows up, you know, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, financial, I mean, any kind of pain, you survive it, you know, you're, it's going to add a layer of strength to you, a layer of courage. I feel like we're very similar in a lot of ways because we've both dealt with a lot of pain. Oh. And I would say I feel even stronger by going through a lot of the emotional and mental pain that I've been through my entire life. And I'm assuming that emotional pain is way harder to deal with than physical because physical, physical, you can, you can kind of float out of your body and you can do drugs and you can do (laughs) this, you can do that. You can do all these techniques to try to 
isolate the the incident in your body away from the rest of your your psyche. Mm. But when you have emotional pain that's wrapped in like heartache, you know, like when your heart feels hurt because of a betrayal mm. or of a of a, a love, you know, that was lost or a um, unrequited love, that kind of stuff, you'll just be going through your day and you're you're doing everything you can to get around it. But the best way to get over it is to go through it. Yeah, you know, so that's that's the shit that's not easy, and the body is something you you grow to get used to. I mean, no pain, no pain uh, that I went through um, was ever fun. You yeah. know, I never was like, oh, okay, I I remember this, you know, arm fracture, what it feels like. I I know how to handle it. It would hurt just as much each time. Mm. So, but in some ways, I feel like I have a tremendous amount of compassion and patience. Because with every injury you have, you also have healing. So I probably have more healing experience than most people I've ever met, mm. which is powerful because <laughs> if you can extrapolate what it takes to heal into, and, then, and then decipher the, the little nuances to share with the world, that's worth a lot of money, energy, and resource value to people. Mm. Mm. Now, what do you think is the... Hard, why, why do you think so many people have a hard time healing? Because and they, and they stay ego, in their, mm. their ego. They want, they want to be right. They want to be right. They want to control it. They want to, um, they want to, they want to, they're attached to being healed. And healing doesn't work that way. Healing comes from surrender. Mm. You're like, you, the most pain I've ever had is when I'm trying not to be in pain. It sounds counterintuitive, but when you surrender and you're just like, you know what, what's, what's this teaching me? What's this lesson? What's this, what's this purpose here? And like, when you just, when you go into pain with the mentality of what do you got for me, then you get rid of the self pity. I think the worst part about pain, whether it's emotional or physical is when you feel sorry for yourself. And when you feel sorry for yourself, it just makes it worse. It's like struggling. It's like quicksand. The more you feel sorry for yourself, the more you're yeah. just grappling and just the deeper you go. Yeah. When you finally go, wow, I've had enough self-pity for the day. I'm going to suck it up and have a good life. And I'm going to do, do the best I can with what I got right now. You know, th- the pain seems to subside. Mm. The healing begins to, to take effect. But... As long as you're feeling sorry for yourself, you're hosed. I would agree because whenever I get injured in football or any sports, if I try to like rush it or try to like fix it quickly, it would just continue to be painful. Yeah. But when I came from a place of okay, surrender, where's the lesson here? What can and that's I learn? hard for a big guy oh like you, gosh. you know, who probably feels like a gladiator when you feel good. You know, when you look like a titan and feel like a titan, yeah. And then you're brought to your knees. The the identity crisis oh that happens. Gosh. You know, I it's, mean. Everybody expects me to be weak. They don't expect you to be weak. Right. And so you have a whole set of challenges that I haven't had to face. Yeah. it's uh, It was very humbling when I got injured and had to retire playing football, going from playing in front of 20,000 people, suiting up, wearing this armor, literally, yeah. and then not being able to play anymore and being like, what do, I, what do I do with the rest of my life? Well, you have the identity issue of like, if I'm not an athlete, what am I? Exactly. And that's scary. Who am I? It's like, I, I'll be counseling moms or dads who their their baby died, their, mm. their child died. And if they're not a parent, then what are they? Mm. You know, that's scary. And, you know, or you're a business owner and then you're, 
your business collapse and then now you're are you still a business owner if you lost your business or you know there's all these things where somebody's married and then they get divorced and then they're like who am I without my spouse like who am I without my child and and so I got a tattoo and it's <coughs> infinity ah looks nice and my wife has one one matching Hers is on her left side, mine's on my right side, so that we're a mirror image of each oh, other. Oh, that's nice. And what we found is that if you really wanted to put a good ending to this phrase, I am dot, 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 infinite is the only word that I've ever found that encompasses what, what you really are. Because you're not an athlete, you're not a business owner, you're not a parent. Those are the things that you're experiencing. Those are the titles that you may be... Um, putting on for that time period of your life. But what you really are is infinite because even when people say, I'm happy today, no, you're not. You're experiencing happiness. But if you were truly happy, then you would be happy every moment of the day, which isn't possible. Uh, and that's an expectation that just adds way too much pressure to a human being. Yeah. Whereas if you say, right now I'm experiencing happiness, that's way more accurate. And it may sound like it's a linguistic thing, but it's really truthful that you are infinite. Sometimes you're going to be angry. Sometimes you're going to be feeling sorry for yourself. Sometimes you're going to feel, and you are in the moment, like a titan, and, and like nothing can stop you. And when you have that mentality of, I'm infinite, then there doesn't come that guilt when it, you don't feel like who you're being and what you're doing don't match up perfectly. Mm. Interesting. What do you think is the most important thing for people to focus on in their life? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is gratitude. Uh, and that's a word that sometimes gets thrown around too much today. Mm. Um, another word is appreciation. Um, when you get to a place where no matter what is happening to you, good or bad, and I, I look at good or bad this way. Good is the things that we like done to us. Bad is the things that we don't like done to us mm. uh, or experiencing. Sure. But when you are grateful, it doesn't matter whether good or bad things are happening because you're just like, wow, okay, I'm expanding. Mm. I'm, I'm going to be an expansion in this moment. And even if it's uncomfortable, you know, I can tell you that a buddy of mine, he, he, the best example I can give you is he was sitting on my couch a couple of weeks ago and he lives in San Diego and he's such a weather baby. Like <laughs> if it's at all cold, he cries. And I, and I become a weather baby now that I live in the desert. Yeah. Um, but he was like, God, Sean, I'm so jealous of your pain tolerance. Mm. And I said, buddy, don't be. Because to have it, you'd have to go through what I have. <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't think you need that. Like, yeah. you, you've got a different body and a different life for a reason. And so you, you have to go through things that I don't. And I have to go through things that you don't. So there's no need to feel like you should have a better pain tolerance. Because to get it, <laughs> you'd have to go through more pain. Mm. And it's like when I don't pay for, I don't pray for patience because the universe will step in and do things that will make you patient. Mm. Like patience is, <laughs> is inevitable if you're living your life. Yeah. And so I think that the best thing is the gratitude, just being like, wow, okay, um, I'm not a fan of this right now, but I know that this is for my this is for my highest calling. This is for my greatest good. Mm. And what what's the lessons here? Um, what do I need to surrender to? What do I need to? What fears do I need to step up to? Yeah. And when you have that mentality of gratitude, what happens is 
you get more. Hmm. The people that are not grateful, they may have acquired a lot of stuff, but they never feel like they own anything. They yeah. never feel like they have anything because it's never enough. When you're grateful, whatever you have is enough for you. Yeah. So, yeah, gratitude is probably my biggest biggest thing that I'm experiencing these days. That's mm. what's hot on my mind. What's your thoughts on unconditional love? Uh, I don't know if it's possible. Mm. I, it may be when you have a child and, like, you're a woman and you press it out of your vagina and, like, this beautiful <laughs> little hunk of mass is, like, looking in you in the eyes and you would do anything for it. Maybe that is. I, I'm not. I'm not a woman, nor do I have kids, so I don't know that. But, but I certainly don't believe that. I think it's a great expectation. I think it's great. Um, I think it's a great like goal. But truthfully, we all have conditions mm. in our lives, especially in our in our love relationships. You know, to be like, oh, I love my wife unconditionally. Really. I don't know if that's true because if they start cheating on you or they start stealing from you or they, at some point you're going to like not be a fan. Right. And, right. and so I get from a spiritual perspective, unconditional love means you love everyone from no matter what they do to you. And that's beautiful from a high level picture, but from an actual day to day perspective, I think our love's very conditional. I think it's a matter of being clear on what your conditions <sighs> what your conditions are like mm. what what do you need to feel loved you know whether it's talking about the love languages or yeah. whatever it may be but yeah i don't i think that that's a nice snazzy word to use right. but i think it's also setting us up for a failure yeah it's true and a letdown and as i've gotten older lewis in my 30s now which is not that old but you know i feel like i've lived a long life up to this point and I look at it this way. I want to get, I want to set Sean up to win, mm. you know? So one of the things that I'm trying to do or not even trying to really put my heart into is, um, not comparing myself to others. God, that's so hard. <laughs> that's so hard because, you know, I, I, if I looked at, you know, what you're doing or what you've done and I'm like, well, I've never done that. And, you know, shoot, I would be happier if I had what Lewis had and, not necessarily, mm. you know, and, and, and to compare yourself leads to despair. Yeah. You know, it sounds all cheesy that compare leads to despair, but it's true. No human being is better or worse than another. We just play the, <sighs> we just play the game like we are. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, so let's move aside from unconditional love and go to acceptance or non-judgment. Sure. I think... Is I that think, possible? <laughs> I think it's human to judge. Mm. I really do. I think that... Being aware of judgments is important, though, because if you find yourself judging, that's that's maybe a moment to, to like step back and be like, whoa, because we only judge another human being because we're judging ourselves. Yeah. You know, and and the whole unconditional love thing to, to just tie it into this is you can't give to another what you won't give to yourself first. And that sounds so overused in the personal growth realm, but it's true. Like. You can't fully love a person to the depths of your soul if you won't give yourself that love. Mm -hmm. You can't fully trust another human being if you don't fully trust yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't fully accept another human being if you don't accept yourself. Anytime there's something more I want to give to the planet, I first have to give it to myself. It's true. And so judgment, <coughs> I have a lot of friends that like are very earthy and like, um, like I call them my namaste buddies. You uh. know, and they're all like, John, I don't think it's a good idea for you to judge. And I'm all like, maybe not, but I'm human. And so, like, I have an ego just like I have a soul. Mm. And I'd rather set myself up to win and say, you know, sometimes I'm going to judge. And you know what I'm going to judge? When I haven't been taking care of myself. That's true. When I've been treating myself pretty shitty, I'm going to naturally treat you like shit. <laughs> and, and I'd rather be honest about that. Yeah. And so, is judgment... Po uh, is non-judgment possible? Theoretically, for short bursts of time. But if you're a human and you're uncomfortable and you've not been taking care of yourself, it's going to be easy to judge because yeah. you're going to judge yourself first. Well, that's true. I like it. I like it. So I want to I move into the, the speech you gave at Summit Series, which was about how to leave people breathless. Mm. And this was a very inspiring, moving uh, presentation or share with uh, with me. And I really loved what you had to talk about. So I wanted to dive into that a little bit. And what specifically? Yeah, I want to I dive into anyone. 
for anyone. It doesn't have to be business people or giving a speech, but how to leave anyone breathless. Again, whether you're in the board meeting, whether you're in one-on-one with someone, your lover, whatever it may be, what are some ways that you can connect on a level that literally has people like gasp and leave them breathless? It's, um, what is it all about? What does it entail? Yeah, it's, um, it's brutal vulnerability. Hmm. And I don't mean brutal in like a barbaric way. I mean like in a, a or maybe it's better word is courageous vulnerability. Yeah, I like that. Um, because it's laying down your arms, laying down your weapons and saying, like, here's who I really am. And here's what I really want to do. And here's what I really feel. And some of it's not going to be pretty. And some of it's not going to be tied up neatly with a bow. And some of it is going to... Um, seem shallow and some of it's going to seem profound, but really this is, this is where I'm at. And you leave a human being (sighs) breathless when you, when you're willing to show them all sides to you, even if they judge you, Mm. you know, like knowing that they probably will judge you, but, but it's better to be so incredibly authentic that another human being is inspired to be authentic themselves. You know, when um, when we had that talk and, you know, you were one of the people that stood up, but there was also someone else that stood up that um, when I was asking him about, like, that courageous vulnerability, she was like, I haven't talked to my father in years mm-hmm. and I miss my relationship with my dad. And I don't know if I need closure or what I need, but um, I haven't spoken to my father in years mm-hmm. and I don't have a relationship with him. And, man, that was like... Like, rung like a bell, didn't it? You know, Mm -hmm. like, the whole room was just like, whoa. And it raised the bar, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, holy cow, like, this is some serious honesty. And it's true, like, I had a moment recently, I talked about it on my podcast, where I had a moment recently with my wife where I came to her and admitted something to her that I'll tell you um, that was really hard to admit. Mm -hmm. So... My wife loves to hike, like go hiking in the mountains. And I'm not really built for hiking. Mm. You know, I'm more like the Ferrari. Ferraris can't go off road, you know? <laughs> like I am great on the streets. I'm great in a nice, you know, showroom, but I'm not built for <laughs> off road really. And, and yet I w- wanted desperately to be able to enjoy hiking with her. So I had a buddy strap me to his back and like in a, like a carrier case behind him. And like I was pushing, pushing, pushing to try to hike with my wife. And she was just like, why do you have to do this with me? Like, why Why are you so attached to this? Mm. And I, um, to give you the, the moment that I, I admitted something to her, so my when I'm at home, I have this backpack on my wheelchair that's a little backpack that I put, like, these reacher sticks in that if I drop something, I can pick it up. But the backpack is actually a hiking backpack that you put a bladder in for water, like a camelback. And I, and I kind of confiscated it from my wife. And um, it was her favorite backpack that she would go hiking with. And for the last last maybe like three years of our relationship, out of four years to be men together, I've kind of jokingly uh, uh, you know, commandeered this backpack. And you know, I said, oh, I'll get you another backpack, blah, blah, blah. Well, one afternoon I was sitting with myself in meditation and I'm like looking at that backpack going, you know what you're doing to her? 
You're holding something that she loves as a visual metaphor hostage. Mm. You're being cold and you are being calculated. Even if it's unconsciously, you are trying to block her from going hiking. You can tell her all you want to go hiking, but by holding back on this backpack, you're really silently protesting. Mm. And like God. Being passive aggressive. Yeah, like totally passive aggressive. I was being a little shit. <laughs> and when I came aware of that, my heart sunk. And I was like, wow. And my heart sunk for two reasons. One, that what kind of lover and friend and partner was I being for her? But two, like, I was in more pain about it than I realized. And my heart sunk for me. Like, wow, buddy, mm. like, you need some love, don't you? Yeah. You know, self-love, like some connection to yourself. And I investigated, like, what is, what is it about hiking that was really bugging me? And it wasn't just because I couldn't go hiking with her. I'll go even deeper. It was because I was thinking, and my voice is cracking because I'm embarrassed admitting mm. is what if she's hiking on a trail and she meets a, a Lewis Howes kind of guy mm. who's in great shape and, you know, can climb, you know, mountains in a single bound. And, mm. and she's thinking, gosh, he's, he's intellectual, he's funny, he's nice. He's all the things that my husband is, but he can go hiking with me. Uh, and I felt like I'm not there to kill the guy. You know, I'm not there to like protect my woman and like, you know, stand my territory, you know? And, and I was like, wow. Okay. So let's look at that. Mm. Cause that's a big insecurity and it's certainly holding you back from being closer to your wife mm. and being closer to yourself because it's feeling like you're not enough, which is probably the greatest pain of all is that you're not enough. And, um, and I sat with him, and I'm like, well, if your wife goes hiking and she meets a burly dude who's all these other things that you think you are, in addition to the physical side that you don't feel you are, and she chooses to be with you, there's nothing you can do to stop that. Mm. And if you try to block it, you actually might cause it. What you resist persists. Exactly. So I'm like, you know, I love my wife enough that I don't want her to be with me if she's miserable. So just like when you when you love something... You hold it with open hands. You mm. don't squeeze it tightly. Mm. And so I said to my wife when I brought that backpack to her, she didn't react at first the way I wanted her to. I wanted her to be like, oh, sweetie, that you worked through a lot to like admit this and wow and thank you. <laughs> no. She was like, she was like, well, what took you so long to learn this? And why have you been holding my backpack hostage? Oh my she was gosh. hurt. Wow. You know, and, and, and I just held the ground because I, she had every right to react that way. And I just looked at her and I said, I know, sweetie. And, you know, literally five minutes later, she came back and we were hugging and like she got it, you know, that I had to work through a lot to get to that point and how hurt she was, you know. Um, and we just, I said to her, look, I um, I get now that, that if this is an insecurity that goes so much deeper than hiking. This is me not feeling like I'm enough for you. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm working on that myself. You know, with all these, you know, I have a doctor in clinical hypnosis. I've gone through personal growth after personal mm. growth. I read so many friggin' books at this point, and I'm still uncovering layers of insecurity. Right. You know, so it's it's not like you arrive and you become an expert and you just like get it. You know, it really more of is a case of like you're just gonna find another layer. It's like an onion, another layer, another layer, another layer. And I said to my wife, you know, if you find this guy on this trail that you need to be with him, you need to go. And she just started crying and she goes, you don't get it, silly man. I go, what? 
And she goes, if I wanted a guy to go hiking with, I wouldn't have married a three foot tall guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> I'm an introvert, you fool. And I like to do this shit by myself. Ourself alone. <laughs> if, alone. And if I had a guy that could do it with me, he would want to go do it with me. And I would have to come up with stupid excuses why he couldn't. And I'd have to sneak out when he wasn't around to go hiking. Right. And she's like, you know, I would have picked that guy. <laughs> I didn't pick that guy for a reason. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know, a little slow learner here. <laughs> so... I believe to leave somebody breathless, you need to have that courageous vulnerability where you're willing to tell them, I am struggling with being human and mm. here's how I am um, dealing with it. And mm. you just share that openness. And I think when we do that with people, if, if they're ready, they're, they're, they lose their breath for a moment because they go, whoa, I could do that. Hmm. You know, I, I could be that vulnerable. And what would my life look like if I was that vulnerable? And and it's funny, by letting people know your weaknesses, they see you as stronger. It's very counterintuitive. Because when you only lead with your strengths, people don't trust you. Because everybody's got strengths. And we, we would put them up front. We put our best foot forward. But what about things, they're not really weaknesses, but like they're perceived weaknesses, you know? I mean, our shortcomings, our... Our vulnerabilities, our fragile, our, our frailties, you know, our, our fragileness. And when you're willing to say, like, here's where I'm, here's where I'm still working on myself, people are like, wow, Lewis, that, I get that and I hear you. Mm. But when you just want to share your strengths, people aren't left breathless. They end up kind of not trusting you. Mm. So would you say vulnerability is one of the most powerful qualities you can have? I think it's certainly one of the most powerful qualities to help you connect with another person. Mm. Um, because human beings, we really, we want to know what people are really all about so we can trust them. We want to know their agendas. And when somebody only shows us the strengths and their their winnings, then then we're like, but yeah, that's a part of who you are. But there's more. There's your disappointments, there's your failures, there's your mistakes, there's your 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 times when you trip, fell, and hit your head. Like, well, show me your boo-boos, right. you know? Show me your alleys, your ouchies, you know? And and and, and when we're kids, we, we show people our boo-boos. Yeah. We, we go, oh, look at my skin knee, you know? Will you mm. kiss it? Like, look, look, look at what I did over here. Look where I ripped my jeans. But as adults, we get to the point where we're like, oh, well, no, I'm, I'm fine. I don't ever have, I don't have any scars. Yeah. But... But we do. We we do have scars. Now, how does someone become vulnerable when they've been conditioned for years and years to hold it in, stuff it down? Like an athlete or a badass. Put on a mask yeah. and act like everything's fine. Or even like, you know, a mom who's always got to put it together yeah. and keep it together for the family, for Business the kids, anyone. Or, yeah. They've got a team of people. They always got to be leading supportive like like they're under control sure when for really they're in a lot of pain yeah and hurting significantly what can what are some things that we can do on a daily or weekly or monthly practice to open yeah. up and be vulnerable but and and also is there too much vulnerability mm. well i don't know if there's too much vulnerability there's times when you air your dirty laundry and that's not the side that's not the same as vulnerability um, airing your dirty laundry is where you just tell everybody every mistake you've ever made and like you almost want pity you know like oh look at what a train wreck I am that's not vulnerability that's being a victim that's being a victim that's um 
That's deriving pleasure out of telling people your pain. Right. And that's different. To get significance right. and recognition. Vulnerability and is yeah. like, hey, um, here's who I really am. Do you, will you still love me? Mm. You know? And those are the best relationships, whether they're in business, romantic, friendships, family. It's like, here's who I really am, Lewis. You still love me? Mm. You know, I, I did this, this, and this when I was in college, and I'm not proud of it. Mm. Do you still love me? Do mm. you, you know, I, I, I made sure to tell my wife every dark, evil secret of mine that I could before we got married. Because I basically was like, I would tell her something, and and then be like, do you still love me? <laughs> and she'd be like, yes, fool. I mean, I'm not happy that you did that, but <laughs> okay. And, and it was very important to me that she knew all of me before we got married. Because if she could love me knowing all of me, then I knew I knew I was safe. Mm. So what can we do to be, be more vulnerable? Um, we have to we have to go to the places that scare us inside of ourselves and face them first before we share them. you know And I look at it like, have you ever gone snorkeling? Yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah, okay. Well, have you ever been scuba diving? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a little intimidated by it, okay. actually. So, well, that's good. This is a perfect metaphor. <laughs> so what's the difference between snorkeling and scuba diving physically? Snorkeling, you're just on top of the water, and you can go down and come back up for air. Yeah. And scubas, you're completely relying on the air tank. Yeah, it's complete trust in that yeah. valve. And, yeah. So most people want to live in a snorkel world. Mm-hmm. They want to just and 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 I don't blame them because it's it's not as dangerous, it's not as scary. Um, most of the fish are really colorful and beautiful on the surface. Mm. Um, they're very shiny, they're flashy, um, and you're not really in danger because you can just basically pick your head up at any time. Right. Um, and that's where most people want to live. They want to snorkel through life, and if that's where the if that's what's meant for them, then that's fine. But I'm a scuba diver at heart, mm. you know, metaphorically speaking. And when you dive deep, the pressure is a lot more. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot more dangerous in terms of um, what you'll find, you know, and, and it's darker, right? And when you're scuba diving, the creatures at the bottom of the ocean aren't as pretty as <laughs> the surface. And I look at it like back in the day is, you know, I, I wanted to live on the surface. You know, it's like... I want the nice car. I want the, the model-looking woman. I want the, the big house. I want the snorkeling fish stuff. And then as I got older, I was like, no, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, but I want to be a scuba diver. I want to go to the depths of humanity. I want to find what scares me and go do those things. And, and the scariest stuff is never outside of you. It's always inside of you. Mm. It's facing those insecurities. It's It's sharing what you're afraid of with other people it's sharing what you want to do but you're afraid you might not be able to make it happen it's telling the world your big hairy scary goals even if they're like how the hell are you gonna inspire a hundred million people really mm -hmm. you know and and yet facing the stuff that's in the depths of our soul that's where the juice is because because those those things can take a lot of pressure and still keep ticking. Mm. You know, those little creepy crawlers at the bottom of the ocean that we think are ugly are actually powerful and beautiful. And, and in their own right, they have a lot to teach us. And so when it comes to vulnerability, I really think about snor uh, snorkel versus scuba. And do you want to just be shallow and live on the surface of life? 
Or are you willing to deep dive deep and it yeah. starts with yourself? And there's a lot of creatures down there that you can never see on the surface. No, and they, they have a lot of value. In fact, they say that the, the much of the ocean we've not even explored yet. Yeah. And the same thing with ourselves. Mm. Just like the universe. I mean, everything, it's like the microscope telescope. You know, what's more amazing? You know, the microscope and looking as deep into the cell structure as possible and down into like the, the quantum quarks and things. Or is it the telescope and looking out into the vast array of galaxies, you know? I, it really, I think it's the same damn thing. It's infinite, you know? It's, <laughs> it's the same thing. And the same thing with, you know, external versus internal. That, that you will find more about life going inside than you'll ever do chasing external. You know, I love George Carlin. Before he passed away, he said, you know, that if you try to be, if you try to seek happiness externally, it's like stapling sandwiches to your body and thinking you'll no longer be hungry. <laughs> it's not going to happen. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow. So what's your vision, Sean? Well, the big, hairy, scary one is I want to rid the world of insecurity. Hmm. And another way of saying that in the positive is I want to reach as many people as are willing to listen to me and learn from me um, or learn with me, I guess, uh, on how to feel secure in your own skin and know that you're enough. You're enough for just who you are. You don't need any more do anymore. There was a period where I felt like I needed more degrees. You know, I got a doctorate for God's sakes. You know, I needed more, in more research. I needed more intelligence. I needed more references. Pfft. No, I didn't. Mm. That was just for my ego. Truthfully, I was helping people every step of the way and still will. Um, so my vision is to really to die leaving a body of work that humanity can continue to ease their suffering with uh, generations after I'm gone. Because I don't want statues erected in my name um, what I want, although I wanted that at one time, uh, what I want is a body of work where it helps people and maybe my name even fades from it. Mm. You know, that's when you really get into serious shit is what, what would you do for the planet if no one knew you did it, mm. but it made it a better place? That's egoless right there. That's egoless and it ain't fun. You know, the, <laughs> the ego is what makes us uh, drive for more. The recognition. The recognition, the significance, the the attention, but and don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with the ego. Uh, I just think that it, it won't take us as far as the soul. Yeah, interesting. I like the vision, man. What um, well, it's also interesting you said that about like uh, research and and having uh, degrees and things like that because some of the most powerful people in the world have the biggest hearts and don't have any education. Totally. Mother Teresa, you know, I mean, she yeah. was doing what she did with no money, no education. I mean. <clears throat> to my knowledge, she didn't have much of an education, but um, I sat at dinner a couple of years ago with um, a room full of entrepreneurs. And I was a doctor, mm. and they were all high school dropouts, and their <laughs> net worths dwarfed mine. Yeah. And not that that matters, but what was funny is I felt overqualified for success. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had all these degrees, they had none, and they they were just pulling the trigger. My wife and I have something we call it uh, PTFT, 
pull the blank and trigger. <laughs> because in life, there's so often that we're like, well, should I do this? Should I not do this? And what I love about studying masculinity is masculinity is all about being decisive. That what is very attractive about masculinity, even amongst men, take away the sexuality of it, just masculinity at its core, both in women and men, is being decisive, making a decision and not second-guessing yourself. Mm. That is true masculine. Mm. Feminine is about creativity and, and receiving and allowing <sighs> into your reality things mm. and flowing. You know, I love when you study history in terms of art history. Ultimate, um, ultimate masculinity is, is represented in art as death. Mm. It's the pure presence. It's the, I mean, nothing is more decisive than death, mm. right? And life is represented with femininity as the sun, you know, the, the, the sun in the sky. It's like the rays, the beams, the heat, the light, the, the, the creation of light and how the feminine is about creation. And so you bring decisiveness with creation and, and you have conception mm. Mm. of anything, conception of an idea, conception of a baby, mm -hmm. conception of a thought, you know? And what I love about studying masculine and feminine energies is we need both inside of all of us. Yeah. That's true. Would you say the perfect man or the idea of a perfect man is being able to use both masculine and feminine at all times or being able to dance with it back and forth? Yeah, I think the perfect man knows when to be what, you know? You can't be totally alpha masculine um, 100% of, <laughs> of the time or you'll, you'll be exhausted. Yeah. Because it's the feminine that nurtures you back. Yeah. And you can't be 100% feminine because then you'll just have a million ideas and not get shit done. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Never take action. You never take action. You never kill. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we, we we use that term, and it's a scary word, kill, because it, it means the, the loss of something, right? The ending of something. And when it comes to human life, it's not necessary. I get that. But there's so many things in our life that we need to kill off. Mm. We need to kill bad ideas. We need to, we need to, uh, we need to separate ourselves. Decisive means a, it's an incision. It's cutting off from everything else. And, you know, I am continuing to study my inner killer, mm. you know, because <laughs> we are only alive because other people killed to keep us alive, killed animals that were trying, enemies, you know, all these things. And, and we live in a very soft society today, at least in America, where like everybody doesn't, everybody wants to accommodate everybody else. Mm. And so we, we try to be politically correct. We try to be um, very kind. And I think that that has its place. And that's amazing. But there's sometimes where you need to be a warrior. There's mm. sometimes where you need to be like, no, I'm, I'm not cool with this. This is yeah. not cool. This is this is not acceptable to me. And you need to stand in your power. Yeah. And that's scary to a lot of people. Mm. That's true. Well, what's up with your new show? So my new show is called Recharge with Sean Stevenson. I love the name. <laughs> Thank <It's> perfect. You. <laughs> Thank you. Because for I've been in social media now for. <clears throat> probably going on four or five years. And in social media, people follow me on Twitter and Facebook and all those you know terms. But really what they're doing is they're coming to recharge. They're, mm. they're feeling overwhelmed by life. And they want to get recharged. They want to get uh, an insight that will help them struggle less. They want to get a, a, a comment that makes them smile or laugh or think or even cry a tear that they've been holding back. 
Mm. And that, and, and I think crying can be recharging. Oh, I think yelling can be recharging. Yeah. I think um, laughing can be recharging. And so, you know, when people tune into my show, I want to help them recharge by giving them insights that are not from me, but through me that I'm using and learning myself to charge up their batteries. You know, your cell phone, my cell phone at the end of the night needs to be charged up again. And, and yet we won't allow ourselves to, to, to recharge. We're like, Oh no, I need to, I need to have a perfect battery at all times. No, you're going to get drained. And that's why you need to go to things that are healthy Mm. to recharge because unhealthy things won't recharge you. They'll they'll spark you. They'll give you a spark of energy, but they end up draining you faster yeah. over the long haul. Yeah. And so I really want to be an outlet for people to really think about their health, their wealth, and their relationships, so that so that they're able to recharge and they're able to get up the next day and and go at it again with a smile on their face. Mm. So that's that's what the show's I about. I love it. And you just launched it recently. It's at SoundCloud slash Sean Stevenson. So make sure to go check that out over there. I love it. And uh, you've got a few episodes already. You're going to be doing it weekly, right? Yep. So you can subscribe to them there. And uh, what else you got going on? I know you're uh, speaking all over the world, traveling, yep. sharing the message and the vision. I'm uh, I'm really working on a, uh, a love for work because mm. I got to tell you, I am the opposite of workaholic. I'm a relaxaholic. <laughs> I'm a lazy bastard. And, and, and I mean that both jovially and that's even a word. And also just sincerely, I love just sitting around and doing nothing. Mm. Sitting by my pool with my Kindle and reading with my wife. Um, you know, making a good, a good meal and walking around my house naked and like mm. trying to see when my wife is willing to give me a little loving, you know, like <laughs> I love being a very simple guy, yeah. you know, and I don't get a kick out of locking myself into a room and working for three months on a project and not coming up for air. Mm. I, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Um, and I want to see why I'm not a fan of that because for years I, I looked at that as like, I, I, I would have all these therapy clients coming into my office and they were successful entrepreneurs and um, celebrities that were burned out. And I went, I don't want that. Mm. And to the extreme where sometimes I haven't um, been badass enough and really stuck to things and push to create more and, and to get that body of work to be bigger out mm. there. And so I'm really, um, I'm finding that healthy balance between relaxing, enjoying, and getting shit done mm. because I usually gravitate towards the relaxing. And so at times in my income, I will, I'll make a bunch of money and then I'll lay off the accelerator <laughs> and then I'll make a bunch of money cause I need to pay the bills and, and like I want, I want stuff and I want to go do fun stuff and then I'll lay off. And so my, my career and my income have been very Slam on the accelerator, slam on the brake, slam on the accelerator, slam on the brake. And it's not a fun ride. It's too jerky. And as I've matured, I've realized that that, that's not healthy. There's no balance there. Mm. And so now I'm in the space where it's like ease on the accelerator, (laughs) let off the accelerator, (laughs) ease on the accelerator. There's no need to slam on the brake, slam on the gas. That that was my 20s. And now in my 30s, I want to really figure out how to 
enjoy the acceleration and not feel it. I'm, I'm a very black and white person uh, searching for my gray. Mm. You know, because I'm, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy for the most part. Right, right. And that's served me well. I've done a lot of cool shit, but yeah. I've been in the black. But when I'm in the white, I get nothing done, <laughs> you know? And so my wife is very gray. She she has an ability to be very comfortable with not having to do it all or not having to do nothing. Mm. She And that's what I'm learning from her. Mm. So that's where I'm at now. Love it. Well, we're going to end with the final question, which yeah. is what is your definition of greatness? Hmm. I mean, there's a million, like, queued up answers mm. that I don't want to say. From your heart. Yeah, from my heart. It's, are you having fun? Mm. Greatness is, are you making a life that's fun for you? Mm. Because I'm sure a lot of greatness people give up the queued up answers of, like, leaving a legacy, inspiring people, making the world a better place. That was all the shit that was queued up. But my heart's like, come on, man. Just have fun. <laughs> you know, if you create a life that, that you're having a really, and I don't mean fun in like a cheesy service way, but like a, a deep, you love the company when you're all alone. You know, that, somebody's really mm. had greatness when they can be all alone and really enjoy the company and they can be surrounded by people and enjoy the company. Mm. Like, can you walk through every moment and, and have fun? Like that, that level of greatness. I want to be around somebody that's that way. More than I do somebody who's rich, more than somebody who's famous, more than somebody who's accomplished a lot of shit. I want to be around people that, man, it's like whatever they're doing, they're having a fun time at it. Mm. Gosh, I want to surround myself with those people. I love it. Well, the next time you're in L.A., which is probably next year, we'll have to come have come back on. Know, <laughs> Maybe it's a different definition then. Yeah. Uh, Sean Stevenson, seanstevenson.com and all over Twitter at the Sean Taraj. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Twitter the Chantourage and I'm on Facebook. I mean, if you just Google me, you'll find me. Yeah. Um, Check them out. And also there'll be all the show notes over at schoolofgreatness.com. We'll put a video of you up there and, uh, we'll post a picture of me and you on Instagram now. So everyone can check it out. Thanks for doing what you do, man. Thank you. I know that, uh, I know that you're doing some cool shit and I, I appreciate the fact that you're breaking down your stereotypes Mm. because so many people probably really have, put you in a box mm. and the fact that you've like really taken yourself out of that box it it's it's inspiring thanks it's been my goal to break down stereotypes my whole life so yeah. that's uh it's one of my missions cool to uh to break that down definitely for myself and the way i look at other people as well yeah. i mean it's a constant progress absolutely and uh, opportunity to look inside and see where the mirror is in front of me mm-hmm. so I appreciate it. Thanks for acknowledging that. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks, bro. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please head over to the show notes over at lewishiles.com or you can check out schoolofgreatness.com as well and check out all the notes, the videos, the updates from this episode over there. A lot of great stuff happening over on the site. And be sure to check out all the previous shows as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends on Twitter and Facebook or Google Plus and spread the word. Spread the word about School of Greatness. It's been amazing. We've been featured on the homepage of iTunes recently. We've been featured on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all these other platforms are picking up School of Greatness because 
of what you guys are talking about. And, you know, you guys are the ones that are driving this energy. I think it was in the top 50 in overall podcasts and iTunes recently as well, above Joel Osteen and a bunch of other amazing leaders in the world. So you guys are the ones who are pushing this forward and I appreciate all the support. I'm going to keep bringing you the top guests in the world and uh, it's your job to keep listening and sharing the words. So I appreciate you. Also, go ahead and post a picture on Instagram, wherever you are in the world. Just go ahead and take a quick pic and uh, tag me at Lewis House over there and tag hashtag School of Greatness so I can see where all you guys are in the world listening to the podcast. It's a, it's a lot of fun to, to see those every single day over on Instagram. And with that, guys, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something epic and be great. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.